3: Legends and welcome to the South Down Under podcast. This is uh, part two of our season review. Thanks to everyone who tuned in and has watched part one already on YouTube or listened to it via our audio through your podcast apps. We appreciate that. So, um, what we did last one, we went through about eight or nine different topics, questions, things like who's your player of the season, who's your signing of the season, most improved goal of the season, etc. And the four of us just spoke about what our favourites were. And yeah, we just went around the room that way. So um, yeah, we'll keep keep at it that way and uh, crack on with the rest of the topics we want to discuss. So if you've got any comments or you want to answer what your thoughts are to these questions, please do so in the comments section, whether in on YouTube if you're on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Let us know there as well. So first question. What was your favourite moment of the Celtic Christmas video? Go to you, Sean.
1: Uh, yeah, quite a few. I, somebody will need to remind me of the, the cryptic one. I can't actually remember what was going on with that. Uh, but my my favourite moment, and uh, the, they, they do a pretty good job every year, don't they, with the Christmas video. Uh, I know that they film it in like September, but they still do a pretty good job. Um, I think my favourite moment uh, was Fran Alonso, uh, putting on sunglasses and pitch black night—that uh, was probably my favourite moment.
2: And the, the best thing was somehow he still looked cool doing it. <laughs> 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 no, um, I I was um, I'm going to go for the slightly sentimental angle here and just say the we uh, the tribute to Bertie Old, um, the one that was above the stadium during the ad, and also the wee shout out to him at the end. I thought was just really. Nice and really classily done. Um, it would have been easy to have a, a tribute to somebody in that and have it be tacky, but no, that that was handled in a very, a very dignified and classy way. that was that was nice. John, <clears throat> yeah, there was a couple that I wrote down.
0: Um, I thought uh, having all the Santa's letters being sent first class post to Coglu. Was quite good. Yeah, it was a good dad fun. I also quite liked well. uh, Yuranovic. Yuranovic doing the salt bay because <laughs> he looks like the dude that does the. <laughs> that was oh, that
1: it, Oh, is, was yeah. It was like, I don't know. The, I don't get it. The reference.
0: dude, the the chef, the, the Turkish guy who's the salt bay.
1: Um, oh, yeah, have you not seen it?
0: He's, He's got a mad restaurant in London now where he does a steak. Oh, it's not a steak. It's like a, some sort of beef cut um, that has, you know, the, the bones still in it. And it cooks so, so you put it off. But he's wrapped it in gold. It's the most expensive beef steak you can get in London because the whole thing is ab- edible gold. What's the point? It's that gold doesn't taste of anything. You're spending stupid money on... Anyway, that's <laughs> the salt. That's the salt,
2: bay. he does all that stuff. I'm still better value for money than Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: true. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one.
3: Uh, and yeah, then my favourite has to be the laptop. Gavin Strackin and his laptop has to. Yeah. It's it's just the key thing for me. As long as soon as I saw that, I was just like almost on the floor laughing. Brilliant.
1: What, what was the hidden detail? It was something about. 55 or something
0: what was it oh that's right no i can't i'm gonna have to uh, let me i'm gonna do some googling i'm gonna do some googling because that was it was some sort of jibe wasn't it uh we've done 55
1: um i can't remember
0: no who knows it's a long time ago it's it's may now
3: that was december Yeah, six months ago yeah all, all good
2: Uh, Well, you know, applying Rangers fan logic, I guess I should just look back at Christmas and say, thanks to the wife for the Highlander DVD. You know, there can be only 55, I think it was. Anyway.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so next question. Who will be next season's Tony Ralston and why? Over to you, Sean.
1: Uh, Yeah, this one's kind of stealing a bit from a different question, but... Sorry, give me a second. Uh, Uh, But I'd actually had a look through the squads, and there wasn't too many candidates. Uh, The one I'm actually going to wish cast this one and I'm going to say Mikey Johnston. I know it's quite speculative, but the only one the only other one I could see that I could really think might be uh, would have been Liam Scales, but I'm just not sure he's going to cut it, to be honest. Uh, Or Gonna do it next season anyway.
2: Liam. Um you know, it's difficult because everyone who we wanted to deliver this season pretty much has. Um I if he stays Karamoko Dembele. There we go. That that'd be my hopeful again, like as as Sean said with Mikey Johnson, more in hope than expectation because Boys at the age now where if he doesn't make it this season, it's it's not going to happen for him at Celtic. So hopefully, hopefully next year is his year. Johnny?
0: Yeah, so um, look, I took this quite literally um, in the sense that if we look at Tony Ralston's uh, trajectory at his career in Celtic, um, what other player has... Uh, has had a similar like path, so um, has to be fairly young because I think Ralston's only like 23, is that right? 22, 23? 23, yeah, 23, yeah. So he's still, still young, has to be still be young, uh, relatively speaking. Um, has to be, has to have been at Celtic for a little while. Um, has to have a, seen to have a lot of ability and talent and still not really show it. Uh, and and obviously had to have a bad couple of seasons. So I I I looked at that and I and I thought the only person that fits all of those things right now if he stays would be Mikey Johnson. So I agree with Sean. Um whether Mikey Johnson stays on next season or not I think it's I think if I was to if I was a betting man I'd probably say he's moving on. Um because I would I would imagine this the wingers that are in front of him and um any winger that comes in will also be in front of him he's going to struggle to get in the only the only the only person that he could take over from uh, would be Forrest if Forrest we're seeing sort of the end of his um, heights now uh, which is absolutely fine because he's given us some fantastic seasons and stuff and I still think he's got maybe a season or two in him um, of that sort of height but he's probably come towards the end so maybe Johnson's going to replace that type of player um, but who knows? Johnson might not want to wait that long. I, I, ju- I think, it, I can't remember who who it was. It was one of our old um, coaches for the life of me. It's, it's an old Celtic player. No, no, it wasn't So Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, who said that he couldn't even lace Johnson's boots. He was that good. Um, and that, And so when you get coaches that are saying that, that, with all that, you know, talent, and you would think that he's going to be, he just needs the right type of coaching, the right type of sim- system that make the, the attack and stuff that Ange got, and then just and then crack on. He's just like he just needs a good a good half a season, and then he's gonna his career is gonna start um, much in the same way that Ralston has. He's had he's he's done shite for so long. We've seen that he's now and again he's he he's got something there, but he's never really cut it. Boom, somebody's come in, everything's clicked, and now you can't drop him. Like he's he's going to be in the squad for a long time, so. Yeah, it's the only real candidate I can think of that fits all that criteria is Johnson.
3: I looked at it on a similar sort of vein, but I also looked at it on a young guy who's had a few appearances and is ready to make that step up and become a more regular first-team squad member who can step into the team and play, right? So I looked at it. If Julian moves on, we don't know what's happening with Carter Vickers yet. The centre-back situation is very, very it's like basically there'll be tumbleweed going through there pretty soon. So for me, it was, do you play Welsh? But the other guy, and then I found out he'd done his ACL or whatever, but it was Dane Murray for me. Like He's a guy that is highly rated, has captained the the Colts, has captained his, his youth national team. He's got the size, he's got the ball playing ability that Ange likes. He's a guy that could step up into that role. And I hope he does because we're talking about Mikey Johnson potentially moving on. We're talking about – you said about Forest potentially moving on. The thing is we're in the Champions League. We need to have a certain Scottish amount of players for quotas. So I'd like to see one of those two guys make that step up into there and it be a young Scottish guy who will be on our, our B list or our A list or whatever it is and count as a local homegrown guy because that's what we need not only in Europe, but it's good to see that and how it's good to have a Scottish core at Celtic.
1: I mean, would you expect it to be someone like Shaw or Urigiti, or are we just saying it's, you know, like these guys got a chance? You know, if they're not going a game at Motherwell, if we're sending them out on loan to Belgium with like options to buy, what chance have they got really?
3: Yeah, Well, Shaw's actually very similar to Ralston in that he's gone out on loan and hasn't worked. So if we send him out on another loan that doesn't work, there's still hope. What we're talking about with Mikey before is he's got a lot of talent, but he needs a run of games. Now, I'd rather send him on loan for a season and get him just let him go elsewhere and just play, whether it's a Christie style or sort of loan or whatever. But I would love to see Mikey go down to the championship and play for someone like Millwall, which will toughen him up.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. A cha- the championship in England's. a a very very high standard, so I don't know if he. So it's a lot of games for him too. So, I, I I'm not sure Johnson's at the English Championship level at all. Um, as much as I would love to see him there, Jared, I I don't think he's. I don't think he's there. I think what Johnson, well, Johnson's biggest problem at the moment is his decision making is extremely poor, extremely poor. Um, so that's that. He he needs to be able to um understand what to do at the right times it require, requires good coaching and stuff
3: perfect one there John let's send him on loan to Japan then to the J-League and we'll improve his decision making and his technical ability there
2: but you know I was actually going to suggest um, a good uh, loan for Johnson might actually be Sunderland um, just got back into the championship um, they're going to oh, be looking to bring people in uh, I think so I yeah and um yeah, limited budget. Um so loans would be what they want. Celtic have done business with them before. The supporters are of a similar mindset to the Celtic support. They have high standards, but they're also willing to give guys a chance. And I think Johns needs to go to a club where he's gonna be loved. And I think Sunderland could be the ideal move for him. And if he cuts it at that level there's still hope that he could cut it at Celtic. So, yeah, I think that would be the ideal move for him.
3: And he'll get his head on TV with Netflix.
2: Yeah, there's that (laughs) as well.
3: And the Duff will get um, Link Up too. There you go, there's another one. Makes too much sense Liam.
2: Just hope he doesn't come across as much as a cock as Aidan McGuiddy did on that show.
1: (laughs) What what do you reckon uh, Scott Robertson's chances of being the one that makes it in the team? Because he's going to be twenty-one now, when he yeah. uh, starts next season,
3: he's one that I I did bring up when I when I was on Axon last as well, and he's one that I, I rate. I think he's a chance, but at the same time, it depends what we do, recruitment-wise. I know Anthony said he wants another midfielder, so it's like, okay, what sort of midfielder is he going to bring in? Is he going to bring in another number ten when he's got Turnbull, O'Reilly, and Hitata who can play there? Is he going to bring in another eight, or is he going to bring in a six? So Robinson's chances of breaking in is all going to depend on what we do recruitment wise with that one midfielder that Ange wants to bring in.
0: Is he um, Robinson an attacking midfield?
1: Well, look I'd, to me, having from when I've watched him, it seems more like a six or an eight. It's not a ten.
3: And kind a of six last season. Out of yeah. my mainly, it's a six and an eight. So,
0: well, look, Biton has moved on. Do you know what I mean? So there is potentially. Space there, but we are. I think it's more of an attack in midfield. But we linked up with that boy, James um, McAtee. So you say his name?
1: Yeah, who's he from?
0: Uh, um, under 21s, um, uh, England under 21s, uh, plays at Man City. I think he's had a couple of loans. Uh, oh, for oh,
1: right. uh,
3: like, The simple fact that look at how well last year worked, this season just gone has worked out where we brought our own players in the guys be brought in on loan, unless we're going to bring McAtee in on loan with an option to buy, then it's not worth oh, doing.
0: And I, Man City I think it's permanent start. purchase. I've not seen anything, anything about loans, but you might be right, but I thought it was for a permanent.
3: I heard it was for a loan. So we've oh, both heard Yeah.
1: So who um, knows? I don't want it. Let's see. It says loan to Swansea potentially is what's yeah. on the cards at the moment. For so Robertson, no, I know oh, for McAtee. There
0: you go. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, who knows? Who knows? Maybe Robertson's got a uh, uh, a chance to break into the team as well. Yeah. And, and and when he was <clears throat> when we had the COVID season and and he was playing, didn't do. I, I don't seem to remember um, him doing a lot wrong. I seem to remember him being quite decent. So
1: you oh, need oh. to be better than that to cut it at Celtic, though. You, know? you
0: yeah. do, you do. Young guy though.
3: All right, on to the next question. It looks like a squad clear out is on the cards. As we're just talking about this. If you had to keep one player from Johnson, Ayedi, Barkas, Sorrow, Bolongoli, or Julian, who would it be and why?
1: Sean. Oh, definitely Mikey Johnson for me. Uh, I still believe that you don't. Everything we've just said. I'm not going to retread it all, but yeah, the, that reason. Uh, the other ones. The other one that I would have maybe said is Julian because uh, I still like Julian, I still think he's got value as, as particularly set of pieces but if uh, I do appreciate that he might not have the kind of turn and nouse that you need to play in a apostatoglu system, he might not be quite as suited to that, he's a bit more doesn't turn as quickly, a bit more cumbersome uh, so I'm not upset about him going, uh, even though I did like him uh, back in the day.
2: Liam? I, I I took the approach to this of, like, um, thinking, who is going to make the biggest, leave the biggest gap in the squad if he leaves? Um, now, we've already discussed that Johnson is on the fringes because we have several wingers already who are better than him at the moment. Um... Barkas, I hope he goes on to become a great goalkeeper, but I don't think it's going to be at Celtic under any circumstance. Ajeti, again, you know, three or four players ahead of him in the team already. Um, The only one who would be missed really would be Julian. So, for that reason alone, considering that Carter Vickers is not confirmed for next season yet, and even if he was, I reckon we need one more centre-back as cover anyway if Julian goes, um, for that for that reasoning, I would say Julian.
3: Johnny.
0: So I'm I'm clearly on the same vein as everybody else. Um Johnson purely on ability. Um probably I, I would I would imagine he's away though. Um but I agree. Uh right now we need at least one more centre back. That's we we I, I feel like that's an absolute requirement. So if Julian moves on and this is also Assuming that Carter Vickers is definitely coming to Celtic, because all right, as of right now, um, it looks like it's on the on the uh, cards on the table sort of stuff, um, but what for for Julian's ability alone, that would be a huge hole, and I I would would not be surprised that he's away because of his comments, um, and he's spat the dummy, um, because if you if you feel like you're that good you should be able to fight for your position every single day, every single training session. And the fact that he's just not getting games just means that he's clearly a little bit of ego and pride in there. Uh, and that's just not going to suit Ange and it doesn't suit Celtic So yeah, for me, pff, Julian's a decent centre-back. He's a very decent centre-back. We know what we get with him. So to, to, for him to move on would require us to get two very similar centre-backs, like as in similar in ability. Um, so that's a huge that's a huge task.
3: Yeah, for me it's very similar. I keep Mikey, but I put him on loan for a season, as we just touched on. However, in terms of squad balance, yeah, losing Julian is the potential to be a big issue, especially if Carter Vickers doesn't come in. Julian, this time last year, when we're talking about Ange coming in and who's going to be the captain, for me it was out of McGregor or Julian. He was the guy that I thought could have been a captain. And with how many issues we had of scoring from corners this year and free kicks, I think we missed Julian's size and, and aerial ability there. However, to use a um a term from I can't remember what TV show, as soon as I, heard his, I read his comments in the paper, I just thought, now you've gone and done it. He put his foot in his mouth big time, and yeah, that's the end of him at Celtic as far as I'm concerned. The other guys, yep. the Yeti, won't miss him. Barkers, won't miss him. Let's just get some cash back for them. That's a waste of £10 million right there. Sorrow, there's another £2 million down the down the gurgler. Not going to miss him. Well, on golly, the less said, the better. Um, yeah. It's going to be... I'll keep Mikey, but put him on loan the rest. See you later.
1: It's one thing is, I don't know people read too much into this, but a lot of those players have got low squad numbers, uh, which suggests to me that they're, you know, we're considered first-team players and are therefore on first-team salaries, so it might not be so easy to shift them because uh, they're hardly going to get an increase uh, wherever, they, wherever they head to next. Uh, you know, Barcast, number one, Julian, number two, Sorrow number 12, even Mikey Johnson's number 19, uh, Ayeti, number 10. Th- these are all, like, Yes, we value you guys as first team players. So they're probably getting at least five figures a week. So, best of luck getting them out the door.
0: Mm. I'm, and look, look I'm, I'm reading a lot into this, to be fair. But I think Aieti's attitude when we did the um, trophy celebrations at Celtic Park, where in the sun he's walking around, he was sort of on his own, not really engaging. I think in his head, he's off. I think he's very much setting up with his agent to get another club. But I agree with everybody else. It's, it's going to be... It's not, it's not a given that we're just going to get rid of all this deadwood and it's as easy as that. And all these clubs are just waiting for us to sell them. So we might see Julian for another season or two or we'll have a his contract. is. One more
3: season. One more. Uh, one
1: more. Uh, uh, Mikey's can. got three <laughs> years. Mikey jones yeah. got three years.
3: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Put him on loan. We can afford to do that. Julian's got one season left. There's a couple of clubs in France that are interested and want to make an offer. So, Julian wants to go home, see you later, get some money back in, get him off the wage bill, laughing. Like a, oh, a good player, though. You know what I'd yeah, do? If, if you really wanted to torture Bollywood and the perfect place to send him on loan, if you can't sell him, send him to the Wellington Phoenix down here. <laughs> I
1: thought you were going to say <laughs> Kilmarnock. Um, <laughs>
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know why? <laughs> Twenty-seven games a season is cooking hot everywhere else, but he'll be playing at a Wellington. So he's constantly got to do the travel back and forward from New Zealand to Australia every second week. So there's a four-hour, a two or a four-hour plane flight to the east coast. Then he's got to play on rock-hard pitches that won't be good for him. <laughs> yeah, nice little way of way to make him suffer. <laughs>
1: Still so him with Dynamo Kiev, eh? <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, fuck, that's it. Wait, did he not just come from UFA? Is <laughs> he not he just on just Lonely Russia? Yeah? Yeah. yeah.
1: He's still officially listed as being there on the Celtic website. But, yeah.
3: He's you know, training yeah. in Belgium or some shit, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. next question. Which of this season's departures would have made a great impact under Ange if they stayed at Celtic and why?
1: Well, I think we're probably honing in on the three uh, big that went big names that went out. I Edward and Christy, uh, and for me, it would have been uh, Christy would be the number one. Uh, you could kind of see it a bit when he was here uh, before he left, when under Ange, like to the point where we all started to kind of get a bit of a, oh, maybe he's going to stay. He looks like he's enjoying himself. You know, he seems to be fitting in with the system. You know, and, and even all that aside, like. When he did go, we were really short in those wide positions until Maeda came in. Uh, we did really miss his presence, even if, whether you, no matter how much you rate him, as a squad, we missed that quality in those positions. Uh, and, you know, we, you, I'm sure you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but we did all start to believe that he was going to stay and then he just went, so. I'll we agree with you,
3: Sean, because that's who Marlon would have been. I was going to say, Christy, for the fact that he, with the way we press and he has 17 lungs in his chest, like he could just press all day. So even though I didn't like the fact that he constantly shoot the ball into Rosette every single time, he'd have a crack from outside the box, the pressing and the defensive ability is what we would have missed. The other two, Edward didn't seem interested at all. I just was looking for his move and the same with uh, Aya. So, yeah, I think it has to go down to Christie as my option. What do you reckon, Liam?
2: Yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, for what you've just said, Christie was the only one of those three that actually looked as if he was even considering being part of Ange's plan. I don't know if I are ever even played under Ange. Um, no. no, don't think he did. Edward. He was did sold not, away for the Michelin. For Michelin game. Aye, that that aye, I because I seem to remember him. He was, I think he was still part of the the. Technically part of Celtic at that point, but he was left out of the squad because he made clear he was, he was standing ill or something the day before the game. Aye, aye. Um, Edward played a couple of games at the start of the season, but just still looked as off the pace as he'd been at the end of last season. Um, just not not interested, um, and just that kind of sulky way that he, he gets when his form dips. And Edward is a fantastic footballer, but he's not a grafter, he's not a runner, he's not a hard worker. And to be honest, he's just not just type of player at all, I don't think. Um, you know, you could you could maybe build a team around a player like that, but I don't think it really fits in with Angus philosophy to have any passengers. So, no, for that reason, Christie was the only one that ever even came close.
1: I'll give you the other names of players that left, and you can stop me if you think there's anyone. Um, we had Vakun Yusuf Bio, uh, Jack Hendry, Olivier Cham, Scott Brown, Lee Griffiths, Marion uh, You, the rest of them look like Lone Departures. Uh, yeah, that's it. The rest of them are all Lone Departures.
0: Do you know, the Cham's not a bad shout. As somebody who would do very well under Ange's system, but he was also a bit of a—he a, could also be quite lazy, um, in in uh, not not necessarily always working for the ball. But he was actually very good positionally. So, um, he, he yeah, and the Chams a very good shout. Um, I, I agree with everybody, right? If we if we're just to, those are the three big departures. We've discussed it. I would say out of all three of them, Edouard's definitely not going to be thriving under Andrew's system. Um, I don't know if you guys follow English at all. I don't really, but um, I've noticed that Edouard's been very much benched since he's been at Palace. Um, so it is, it's clearly that sort of, he's he needs to find a very particular team where it's like a 4-4-2 or a 3-5-2 where the other forward does all the work for him and he just sits there and, In the moment that he needs to, he can explode with energy and get the goals and stuff. But who did? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, how many teams are like that? Um, so I would say he was the least out of three. But I'm, I'm I'm actually going to make an argument because obviously I, I I wrote down Christie, but I'll make an argument that I probably could have thrived might quite massively under Ange, which is as you get everything that you need out of a center back, he, we're an attacking team. Which suits Aya's um want like style of being a, a centre back. But also when Aya does those big striding runs forward, that, that suits that's absolutely what Andrew would have would have loved out of out of a player. Um you can see Starfelt does it from time to time. Um Carter Vickers to a less extent, Carter Vickers is more like that. Benkovic type of center back where he just pings a diagonal over to a winger, which is amazing to watch. But then um, Starfelt very much tries to run forward a lot. Aya did those. You would have had, I don't know, maybe a fullback dropping in or McGregor dropping in. And as Aya runs forward, attacking, attacking, attacking. So yeah, and obviously with all the height and stuff that we get um, for those um, set pieces and stuff. So I think Aya is. A very good shout as well to have thrived massively under this sort of free-flowing, attacking, non-stop,
2: and system. Do you know, I'm just going to throw one more name in there, and I don't, I don't know if the timelines match up because I think he was away before Ange was was here. But I, I would have been interested to see how El would have played in that team, um, hmm. particularly at the start of the season before we had Maeda and Jota. Um, I would like to have seen what what El Yunusi could have offered. Um, no, Ange know.
3: lost a Tricky Winger, so it could have worked. Yeah.
2: It would have been interesting, but, oh well, his loss.
3: For me, another one is, I think Jack Hendry could have worked well on, on their end. Ball playing centre back, bit of height. He could have done the job as well. Um, but, you know, I don't think we missed much there anyway, because he had a shocking season when he made his move anyway, and we got a couple of extra dollars for it. So, yeah, not too fast overall, but yeah, he could have potentially have been an option.
0: Where did he go? Was it Club Bruges, if I remember Club right? Bruges. Yeah, yeah.
1: He played six games in the Champions League, so he did all right.
0: Yeah, fourth, Jesus. And then he's just dropped off.
1: No, he's in the Scotland squad next week.
0: All oh, right, Okay, so yeah, probably would have been a good one. To- wow, well, we all know what that's with. Let's not relive that fucking debacle. Jack Hendry yeah. moving on.
3: Next question is, who do you think would fetch the highest price if sold this summer and why?
1: Yep, I've got down a player that we've, I don't think, spoke about at all yet. And interestingly, uh, and that is Matt O'Reilly. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is not necessarily because I believe he's the best player, even though I think he's great. Um, I'm saying it because he's 21 and he is... Eligible is a homegrown player for English teams competing in Europe. So that's the reason why I'm saying his transfer value is artificially inflated uh, because of the way the EPL works as a buying market. It's not ability is actually lucky. You're lucky if ability is 50% of a player's transfer value down in England. Uh, Age and European uh, squad eligibility are massively inflating on the prices.
2: Yeah, the um, O'Reilly was an interesting one, which I hadn't actually thought about, but that's that's a very good point about the homegrown thing for English teams. And it's also, long-term he, contract is, as well. he is in all likelihood going to become a Denmark international at some point in the near future, um, a full international. So that's also going to add to his value, especially if he makes their World Cup squad, which he may well do. Um, the... Um, now, the easy option to say would be Kyogo because he's the, he's the most impactful and the, probably the most naturally gifted player we've got at the club at the moment. And he's 26, so he's at his peak. Um, but I think if you're a buying club and you take the green-tinted specs off for a minute, you're talking about a guy who was injured for half of the season. So an incoming club would have questions about his fitness. Um, our other Japanese players have not yet been here long enough to prove against any doubt that they are absolutely made for for the for British football, I'm assuming it's English teams that would come in for them because they're the ones that would have the big money um, but I think actually um, assuming that he becomes a Celtic player in the next week or so, I think Carter Vickers could fetch big money if we sold him on Because a ball-playing centre-back is a very difficult type of player to find. Um, And one that also has his threat coming forward as well. Because, he's, like we said earlier, he's scored scored a couple of important goals for us this season as well. Um, You know, USA International recently got back into their squad, looking good to go to the World Cup with them. Um, Yeah, that's... This is going to be an interesting question to revisit at the end of next season, actually. Because by that point, all of these international players that we have will hopefully have done something at the World Cup. And that is going to largely impact their value. You know, if if O'Reilly makes a Denmark squad and they get to, like, the last eight, then, you know, if Kyogo scores a hat-trick against somebody in the group stages, you know. Sometimes at the World Cup, all it takes is one game. To skyrocket your value, you know. How did
3: you joke anyone?
2: Well, I was going to say all Selenko, but I guess that just shows how old I am. But yeah, <laughs> um, he scored, I think it was five goals in one game for Russia. The Huns signed him about 18 months later, then he just never did anything again. <laughs>
1: yeah, James Rodriguez as well. That's how he got his move to uh, Real Madrid. Nice, yeah. So you can, if you do well at a World Cup that's, or Euro that's how Larson's in for Barcelona You know, he was a free agent when he scored those goals at the Euros
2: All right. All
3: right. Johnny what's your take well, on this question
0: <clears throat> well do you know see Sean's gone away and he's thought about this and he's worked it out and I think O'Reilly now sounds <laughs> pretty pretty bloody good um, <clears throat> Kyogo is obviously an obvious one I think uh, yeah just with absolute ability yeah, he would quite likely um, fetch quite a large price. Um, but I do think as well, if we were to ignore those two for a second, um, that Jota could potentially uh, get quite a large um, transfer fee. Uh, he's young. I also think for what the point that Sean was making as well about the market having artificial factors, the fact that some, and I think that potentially that's one of the reasons why Celtic were watching him and Celtic loaned him out, fingers crossed, bought him. Um the fact that he had a 75 million release clause at Benfica at one point, albeit, Mm. yes, that's because Benfica see young talent and they just want to absolutely... With no shadow of a doubt, hold on to them for as long as I can. But the it's fact that is, in, the, in Portugal and in Spain they have to have a release clause in every single contract—that's why. And it's, yeah, and and, it's, and Benfica's just gone silly, right? So they've just gone, and and it's, they do it with other like um, rising youth and stuff. But the fact that 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 he has that on his track record, the fact that he's had that in a contract where he's had a seventy-five million release clause—you know—obviously that raises um, awareness and speculation and he's showing it on the pitch that he has talent. So if he has, I mean, from this season alone, he could get a, a pretty decent move, but if he has another decent season or two, silly money, you know, we're, we're talking the 25 range. Um So yeah, Jota could be a good shout.
3: Yeah. Jota was one I was thinking of cause I'm like, he could, he'd be like our version of Jack Andrew was for, um, what's it called? them. Ustend or whatever it was in Belgium where, you know, we sign him at the end of the contract for that, but then you could flip him for a shit ton extra cash after that. So I wouldn't want to do that, but he's one option. Another guy, because we're thinking here, long-term contract, won the league young player of the year, had double-digit goals and assists this season. Leo Labata, for me, Mm -hmm. he's someone that we'll make a pretty penny on when we sell him. I don't think... Compare it, we'd probably get comparable money for him as we would for um O'Reilly, in my opinion. But if Jota was to come in and we were able to and we sold him straight away, I think Jota would be ahead of him. But yeah, it's um, he's a potential one as well. But to totally agree. not for sale, everyone, not for sale. You want to buy Leo Barta? Oh, okay, no worries. This is him, he's number 19 for Celtic, and he refer, responds to Mikey. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, Abada was the one when Brendan Rodgers randomly appeared at City Park. We're like, oh, f- who's, he, who's he here to watch? And, yeah. and the one we all assumed was Leo Abada. Uh, it seems maybe since then it was actually Juranovic, but um, yeah, that was the one at the time we all assumed. So that's definitely, yeah, in the same lines of uh, Matt O'Reilly, a uh, young player. Uh, the only difference being he's not... Uh, going to count towards a European squad, but yeah, same idea, really.
3: All right, on to our next question. What should be next season's European aspirations?
1: Uh, I've written down here, uh, Europa League last 16. Uh, I know that we talked about before, about how whatever that mob across the city can achieve, we should be able to achieve too. Uh, but and t- they've, they've taken years to build to that stage, you know, steady progress each year in Europe. Uh, so I think next year, steady progress would be uh, maybe a third place finish in the Champions League group and then uh, get through one round in the Europa League or maybe even two if we get lucky with the draw. I think that would be representing steady progress.
3: I'll jump in here quickly. Yeah, my one was gonna be win a win a knockout stage after Christmas. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. much all. I Whether that's in the Champions League, Europa League, whatever, get through to that point and win, win one because it's been too
2: long. Over you, Lamb. Yeah, um, breaking that knockout stage, hoodoo is uh, is going to be a big psychological one. Um... Champions League, we've not been in it for a few years. We could depending on who we get, you know, we might go get second place and get through to the last sixteen, or we could end up finishing bottom. It really does depend on who we get. Um and um you know, we are in part four, so we're gonna be the perceived weakest team in whatever group we're in. Um, now yeah, I think Win at least two games in the Champions League, whether that's two home games or a home and away game or whatever. Win at least two games in the Champions League. Then Europa League win one knockout tie, as, as Sean said. I would be quite happy with that. I think that would be progress. Just to keep it respectable in the Champions League, let's not take any 7-1 dunes off of anybody like PSG or anything.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I think um,
0: I think we're all of a similar mindset here. I think what's extremely disappointing though um, is I think our bar is so low I, and, and it's a real shame that that's the case. But I really do think as far as what I've seen on social media uh, and listened to on other pods and stuff is, is the aspirations of what we should be going for in Europe that bar is set so incredibly low from where we should have been. And and I I genuinely believe that Um, we had, we had such good momentum for a while, obviously during the the Lennon's second season, I guess um, that all just fell by the wayside that who gave a shit at that point. It was everything. It was all the wheels were coming off and stuff. But um, the the fact that, you know, for a long time we've been talking about, ah, we'll just, it's a bonus to get European football after Christmas. I shouldn't. It should, we shouldn't be thinking like that. We've got if, a gold if, star above our logo. We should be expecting to be back. Exactly. Look, when the fact I, I don't think it's. I don't believe it's possible for us to drop into the Conference League next season. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't really worked out. I think if you were to get. Uh, I think I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's actually possible to drop from
3: you can't drop the from the great stages of the Champions League down to the down to the Conference League. You can only drop down one comp. So yeah, if we um, that's if we're thought. in a group of four, we come last, we're out. If we come third, we're into Europa League yeah, knockouts. The top two, we stay in the Champions League.
0: Uh, that, that's what I thought. So, um, so obviously our, our chance of having a little bit of European success again got absolutely smashed. By a team we should have, by all counts, probably beaten in Bodo Glimt. Um, as much as they are a rising team in Europe, and they and they were a very very good team, we should be doing teams like Bodo Glimt, right? That's. I, I guess I, I'm basing that off history, but our aspirations should very much be, um, the fact that we've got to like um, break this duck as well. Again, why is that a thing? Why has it been f- since I was a fucking kid that we haven't won one? Knockout stages in Europe. Mental. That's actually mental. I understand how entitled I sound. I don't give a fucking shit. I want a (laughs) bit of European success. Winning the league, the reason why it's fantastic is because then you then get into Europe and you want to play everybody else in Europe because you don't get to play them that often and it's a bit of glamour and all that stuff and it's... i get all the accolades and stuff. We don't have that. We sort of... Uh, uh somewhere around the bottom being like, yay! It's like having the little brother come along with you for your little parties and stuff. It's like, sit in the fucking corner, shut the fuck up. We're going to go play Europe. And uh, and it shouldn't be like that. We we're, we're, we shouldn't be, as fan base, we should be wanting far, far more. So, yes, I think everything what we're saying, obviously, with a bit of logic, we just want to get third in the Champions League because then it means that we have a very good chance of getting as far as we possibly can get in the knockout stages of the Europa League, that has to be for me my asthma bar, but I feel like it's very fucking low anyway.
1: Here's here's the group we're going to get. It's going to be AC Milan, Barcelona, Shakhtar Donetsk. Just <laughs> just looking at it, looking at it, or Benfica. Benfica will be in Pot Three as well. So I'm just looking at the seedings just now. AC in the top Pot One: got Mansa Real, AC, Bayern, PSG, Porto, Ajax, Eintracht Frankfurt. So we're going to get AC Milan out thanks, that thanks lot. So. Yeah, yeah, we, oh, <laughs> yeah, they're a good team,
0: take, though. Good. Take,
1: take anyone thanks. apart from AC Milan or Bayern Munich, but yeah. Uh, and then pot two is Liverpool, Chelsea, Barcelona, Juventus, Atletico, Seville, Tottenham and RB Leipzig, who we just played. So yeah, that's actually Juventus and Barca are the only ones in there that we've played a lot recently. The other ones are kind of newish. so You know, pot two, pot one. There's two teams that are very familiar to us. Pot two, there's two, and then pot three is actually apart from Shakhtar and Benfica, it's relatively new to us as well. So we could get something fresh,
3: some good away days in there. That's the main thing. Let's let's go to Madrid.
1: Yeah, yeah, we all want Real. We've been seeing it for years. We want to play Royal Madrid. Yeah, slap that crown off their badge.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
3: All right, on to the next question. What was your favourite select and under podcast moment of the season and why? Uh,
1: My favourite moment of the season uh, was when John uh, juxtaposed two cultural references to bring up the emu war and uh, Jared (laughs) and Liam just responded with crickets
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was too highbrow. It was too highbrow. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. sent <laughs> a home, listening back to it. Going, ha, that was brilliant. And then, just, <laughs> shirt, shirt, shirt. yeah, <laughs> that was
0: the Candice Owensite. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Sending the <to> emails or
2: <laughs> Liam. Um. Yeah, I think it's just going to be cumulative, like watching you guys respond with varying levels of disdain to my dad jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they have been Hopefully very good. Got one. Yeah. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Well, keeping on the uh, self deprecation bandwagon, <laughs> I wrote down two. So I don't know if the listeners, I don't know if you've ever seen, said this, but um, I don't know if the listeners know that whenever they comment where we do the live stuff, you know, we we see most of them, and we pick um, the ones that are relevant to what we're talking about and stuff. But one that one that I remember recently, um, just as the Ukraine crisis started, somebody was wearing a very um, I love it. It's a it's a very flowery shirt, but it's you know it's 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 me. I like it. And somebody had just commented, and I saw it straight away. Somebody should send my T-shirt to the Ukraine. I was like, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> then, like, we've all got our fashion choices. <laughs> sending it to a war-torn zone. Like, anyway. And then the other one that I've wrote down here is me struggling, and I still fucking struggle, me struggling to say Varos every single time <laughs> we are playing them. And all my different iterations of saying that. You get a break from it
3: next year, so there you go, John. There's a win. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank God. <laughs> Ferencvaros.
3: Yeah. One of my, the one that I wrote down is just, Seeing how many times Liam can slip his references to pot noodles into the show over the course of the year, <laughs> I think there's been at least four or five different episodes where he's mentioned a pot noodle. So <laughs> yeah, I just had to bring it up. The old in jokes, gotta love it.
0: Hey,
2: I had an absolutely beautiful pot noodle last Thursday morning, I can tell you that much.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, Liam. curry really flavored.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Funny thing uh, for you, as well is i'll bring up your pot noodle joke now hmm. on our 100th episode it was called 100 pot noodle that was the episode name right <laughs> and on that episode ties into our last question topic to go through our preseason fearless predictions let's see how bad we got them right yeah Now geez. they were all done on on the 30th of december of, of july last year on episode 100 called 100 Pot Noodle. they happened on that episode. I've written them all down, what we did. So let's go through them. <sighs> see if you guys can remember what you said your, your fearless predictions were. So our bold predictions for the season. Can you guys remember what you said?
0: Or do you like, want me to I, read they were. I'm pretty sure I said we wouldn't win the league.
3: Okay. So John's was, if we don't change things fast, we won't be winning the league this year. Liam yeah. said it's gonna be another helicopter Sunday. Sean was going into the split, we will not be in second place. That <laughs> Me, I've gone Hibbs will be challenging Sevco for second place and we will be winning the league. Yes for winning the league, no for Hibbs.
0: Yeah, no for Hibbs,
1: yeah. Yeah, my prediction oh, was go. I either we'll be romping it or tanking it. And we romped it. Mm, we did romp it.
0: To be fair, I was very accurate in saying if we don't change shit fast, and what happened, everything changed very quickly. So that's why yeah. I wrote
3: the whole quote down, John, for that reason. Because I'm like, <laughs> I've got to quote you properly here. I don't want to stitch you up.
0: Yeah, and you know, that's, that's very very quick turnarounds. Which I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody saw that coming. To be honest, we all thought, you know, two three seasons well, maybe not three seasons, two two seasons of a transition, and then we're back to where we were. But, yeah, Ange's done the stuff that we did. He's basically done it. He's done what we didn't think anyone could do. So quick turnaround, and, yeah, we won it. Oh, God, I never saw that coming, truly.
3: All right. On to the next fearless predictions. We had player of the year and young player of the year. So Kelmac wins player of the year. Abada wins young player of the year, right? So, John, you had for player of the year, you had a barter. Sean and Liam Kelmac. Me, I said Nisbet because we were going to sign him. <laughs> and young player of the year, John had Turnbull. Sean ah. and Liam had a barter. And I said Dane Murray.
0: <laughs> three three. Do you know, see, sometimes we should fucking put bets on. The amount of times that we get it pretty spot on or near damn close to it
1: oh i just wait oh, the
0: you one have one you be secret,
2: John I did <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go <laughs> got to Joey. feed this football top habit somehow <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right league top scorer and most red cards okay so league top scorer Jack Amacus and Charles Cook that were the top scorers John said James Forrest <laughs>
0: <laughs> I One fucking goal. love him. One goal. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Liam said Kyogo.
0: Kyogo was right. second,
3: wasn't it So wasn't it that far away. I said Nisbet because we were going to sign him.
1: And Sean. I remember. Sean I remember save what I Yeah, Safeco Penalty, which was actually fourth <laughs> if you had it up.
3: Yeah. And then so most had- cards John said Morales yeah I don't think he got any Liam said Bruni Sean said Sorrow I said Lewis Ferguson Jesus. the winner of that one Brian Porteus uh, oh,
1: there
3: you go in
2: John's defence Morelos did spend a large part of the season in the stands so yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> did you see that picture of him from the game last week it was hilarious like I did of, wishing wishing yeah <laughs> in, hope he recovers from that bee sting in his neck <laughs>
3: Okay, on oh. to the next two. Best place non-Glasgow team. John said yes. Aberdeen. Liam said Hibs. John said Aberdeen. I said Hibs. Oh. It, oh, it was Hearts. Hearts. We all wrong. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming either. To be honest, who will be relegated? John said Dundee. After a lot of umanaring yeah. at the time, he got it right. I got one right.
1: Yeah, I got
3: one. I mean, hey, I've only got I only get one right for the whole show. <laughs> After last year, absolutely hammering it. Liam, Motherwell, Sean, and me both said Livingston.
0: Ah. Wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. On the last,
3: the last one was first club to change manager. So just so we can uh, figure it out, John said Sevco slash Gerard will move on to England. First chance Jets. Uh, was that first? Liam, Liam said the same. Sean said it's between Livy and Ross County. I pick Livy after a lot of um and ring. Hmm. I said Johnson because Cullum Davison will take over as Scotland manager. <laughs> so Gerard left on the 11th of November last year. Jack Ross was then sacked by Hibbs on the 9th of December. They're your first two. So Gerard was the first one to leave. New beauty. Thank Jacqueline. you, Stevie G. <laughs> so that's the end of our season review. Hope you've all enjoyed both episodes. For this, we've um, had a uh, interesting season. It's good fun to sit back and review it and just talk about things that have happened over the year and you know reminisce a little bit, have a bit of a laugh. You know how it is. So we appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed to the Can Under Podcast, please do so via your podcast app. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That would be great. Other than that, guys, hail, hail. Hail,
1: hail, hail. Hail, hail. hail. Beer